This is Sarah Weymouth, and welcome to my podcast, where we talk about everything for you to live your best life. And we have a little fun too, from talking about business, marriage, parenthood, money, health, home decor, friendship, beauty, and pop culture. I'm a mother to three, a wife, a successful business owner, and I want to live my highest, best self. Follow along as we learn together, grow, teach, because you only get to live one life. Oh, and I promise to dig deeper and to ask the tough questions. This is the Lime Podcast. Okay, I am so honored to have Gunnar Peterson here. Let me tell people that if they've been living under a rock, who you are, because your resume is quite extensive. You are a celebrity, pro athlete, personal trainer. You have worked with the Kardashians, um, Sophia Regera, Matthew McConaughey, Sylvester Stallone, Chris Hemsworth, JLo, The Rock, Kate Beckinsale, Sierra. I mean, the list goes on and on. You have also worked with um, Tom Brady and David Beckham. You've worked with players from the NBA, NFL, hockey. I mean, what is it like professional boxing? I don't even know what USTA is, uh, college sports, Olympians. You were also the Los Angeles Lakers director of strength and endurance, which is such a high honor in, I mean, in sports in general, but the Lakers are like the it team for the NBA, as many of us know. You are also the chief of athletics for F45, which is obviously a massive worldwide Jim. Yeah. I mean, you've done the models for the sports illustrated swimsuit cover before you've done Victoria's secret models. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, Jayla was even quoted saying best trainer she's ever had. I mean, your resume is so impressive. When you hear this, is this like, yeah, this is, this is my life. I've been doing this for decades. Or are you still blown away by what you have accomplished in such a short amount of time? I don't know. Maybe you look back at it when you're retired and I'm far from retired, but I, I look back at it and think I was um, super lucky and I was in the right place at the right time. And I had the work ethic to make the luck turn into more than that. What do they say? Luck is uh, preparation meeting opportunity. So maybe I was prepared enough and I continued staying prepared. And that when the opportunities came, I was able to make the most of them. But, but in fact, I was in the right place. Hey, Hey, AirPod jump. Uh, in fact, I was in I was in the right place. That's just how that worked. Um, so many people, you know, they they claim traders that they want to do this. They oh, I wish I could do that. I want to do that. And you go, but you're first of all geographically, you haven't even put yourself in the right position to do it. So it's 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 a it's a pipe dream. You have to be where the demographic you want to work with is. How did you get into fitness in the first place? What's your background? How did you get into this? I was a fat kid. And, you know, it's one of those, you know, body conscious things. And I was always aware of it and hated being on the skins team and PE did anything I could to avoid that. And, you know, complained to my mom a lot and she took me to Weight Watchers. And I don't know that that's the route to go, especially in Texas where it's like, a, you know, you stand up and announce yourself to the room, at least back then you did. And, and it made me at least aware. So, you know, thank God for my mom put me out, thank God for my mom for everything, but for putting me on track with that. And, I was always super active. I just had no understanding, at least at a young age, and maybe most don't, of the correlation with food and overeating and processed foods. And I just ate 
just ate. I was, I wasn't obese, but I definitely, you know, if, if ho-hos or ding-dongs or yodels were being passed out, I was trying to crush the box. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, serving size one that didn't really sit well with me. So um, then I got into it and I got into working out and I, and I found that sports was never enough. And the working out when I got more regimented with that in college, um, that played a huge role. And then after college, when I was able to dial in the nutrition, so I wasn't on the, you know, the nachos and burger and beer thing. um, That was the way to go. And, you know, that's, that's just, it just kept snowballing. When I had more control of my schedule and my food and my training, and I could, I could hone in on it. um, I made it, it felt like a lifestyle and then it just became second nature to do that. And only that as my, um, it was an outlet, right? Like anything, anything I read became fitness and health related. Anything I did became, you know, if, if there's some chore, I'll carry it this many steps in the right hand, this many steps in the left hand. And I got a little, little OCD about it. And that's just how it, that's just how it morphs into a, to a lifestyle. Yeah. And then you were like, this needs to be my career. And you started- No, no, no. I got I that's not fair. I backed into that. Somebody asked me to train them. And then somebody asked me if they could work out with me. And and um, you know, I said, okay. And then they said how much? And that's <sighs> when I thought, oh wait, this hang on, it's taking a different turn. And um I figured it out and, and after a little while I just I moved on from the nine to five. That was a job, not a career. And I made the training a job, not a career. And then after a little while, I made the training a career. And I make the distinction because I think there are a lot of trainers out there who it's a job for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think sometimes that muddies the waters for those of us who are in this as a career. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, when that person said, will you train me? Were you like, Okay. And you just like made up a number and started training him. No, no, no. So he said, so he said, can I, uh, can I work out with you? Yeah. And I, it was kind of that I was an early morning guy always. Cause I had to do it before work. And I, and I kind of quick, you know, Terminator scan. Uh, can he keep up? Or are we going to be the same? Is he stronger than I ever? We get? And I go, I said, yeah, uh, but I go early and he goes, no problem. What do you charge? Yeah. And I said, and that's when it hit me. And I said, uh, I said, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're like, we'll just go with it. And you just went with yeah. it, literally. I did. I did. I really did. And, and three decades later, yeah. still figuring out a price point. Uh, awesome. and so then this was the pre- 90s? Yeah, this was the 90s. This was okay. like 31 and a half years ago, if we're counting oh. it down. That's awesome. And then who was your first celebrity or someone in the industry that you trained? Ke- Kelly McGillis. I don't know who that is. Who's that? Oh my gosh, blasphemy! Um, Kelly was in Witness. She was in Top Gun. She was in a, oh, okay. a number of yeah. Like I know Top Gun, and, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Robert Hayes from Airplane. If you go back, I mean, I had I had a, at the time a ton of people, a ton of TV people, and uh, just I was lucky. Look, I was in the right place. I was in that little corner in West Hollywood where it's kind of a nexus, right? If you're not if you're not living there or around that area, you're probably going to pass by there to go to or from one or another thing in the city. And then later I did a gym at my house and then I did a gym um, in Beverly Hills that was terrific. And and it it worked really well for what 
my purposes were it was on a second floor, so I didn't have foot traffic. I didn't have a paparazzi problem. We had uh, off street parking, which in LA is is worth its weight in gold, and that's 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 actually proven because they charge you that much um, from a, from a rent standpoint. And then I we packed it up, my wife and kids and I packed it up and came to Nashville just a little over a year ago. Wow. So were you had a gym, but it was private. Like people came in for private sessions. It was very private. Yeah, I, w- I always had uh, one trainer with me. Um, very lucky to have great. Like I had a guy named Brad Siskin who owns his own facility in Beverly Hills now. Terrific trainer and and tireless worker. And he and I just just logged hours and and created t- what we thought was terrific programming. And and if the poop was in the pudding, then then we're right. Um, and people came on the hour, every hour. And we just, and we just wow. cranked all the time. And it was, it was great, great vibe, great energy. Um, great, great work environment. Uh, and I, and I think, I, I think I could say the same for Brad. I mean, we, I texted it with him this morning, not about that, but I think he would agree. Like we just had, we were in the right place at the right time and made the most of it. And the fact that both of us pushed through anything and everything that was, that came our way and, and just, tried to accommodate and provide next level service, next level training, next level equipment. We were always on the hunt for the newest, better, best, more efficacious, more fun, uh, more engaging, you know, looking for client retention, that kind of thing. And, and we nailed it. That's awesome. So you have been highly linked with the Kardashians. You have been on the show. You've done the other show with, with, uh, Chloe, the revenge body. You were featured on that a lot. We've seen you all over the place with them. They, they, as well as a lot of A-list celebs, seem to be very careful with who they let into their inner circle. And so what do you think, I mean, how did you even get connected with them and get them to trust you and all these, you know, in general, I guess? I don't think you go, I mean, I don't go out trying to get someone to trust me. I think if you do that, you're probably not trustworthy, right? How can I get them to trust me? How about just be yourself, be honest, be a straight shooter, and, and trust comes with time. Uh, I, I knew the first intro, I, I knew Chris. Uh, Chris trained with me first years and years and years ago. And I, I would say definitely top three all-time favorite people. And I love Chris. I loved having her in the gym. Just she was an early morning. She was a five thirty a.m. person, and and comes in just ready to go. And loved having her in there. And then over time, um, most everyone came through. Not Courtney, but everyone else at some point came through yeah. for for different um, stints. And it was it was great. I have nothing but great things to say. And, and my experience with everybody there was great. I mean, just good people. Good people to me. Um, everything I saw good and, 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 you know, you hear people that, that aren't with former clients or former trainers, and then they slip out something nasty. I don't have any of that. I just have, yeah, you know, just, just a lot of good, just a lot of good stuff. It's exactly what you'd imagine the people at that level in that rare air, thin, you know, thin air at the top are not playing around. Like they are there to work. They are there to get something and done they they know what their time is worth they know what they're trying to achieve and they bang it out they get in they get after it, they get out and that just works i mean across the board with the celebrities at least the the ones who are on a schedule and who are being pulled in 50, you know that's what people say oh if i had a trainer if i had not you probably wouldn't the fact that they have that is because they recognize the value 
of the time and how they're going to get more done because everything is set up and it's just get in and execute. Yeah. And they're probably on a really tight schedule. Like they have a magazine shoot in six weeks or whatever. And they're like, I need these results. So I'm not, like you said, not messing around. I don't have a lot of time, whatever. I think, okay. So I'm personally curious, how does Chloe get her arms? Because she had said in an interview recently that it took her years to get her slim toned arms. And I think most women struggle in this category when Chloe was with me, she was six days a week in the gym. So the people who are trying to do less than what the people they're looking up to are doing and expecting the same results, kind of unfair. If you're not making the same choices, exercise-wise, recovery-wise, food-wise, stress management-wise, hydration-wise, all those things that those people are doing, remember the 168 hours in a week. So if I have somebody or six of them, you got to give credit to Chloe that for the other 162, she was making more good choices than bad. Um, So in the gym, heavy lifting, um, heavy movements, compound movements, you know, things like chin-ups, things like squat presses, um, uh, lots of multi-joint movements, cardio intervals, like pushing, 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 uh, limited downtime, because that's what, the goal that she presented to me needed, you know, yeah. if she were looking to get thicker, thicker and bigger then they were going to, the programming has to be different. Right. So for her body type, for her end goal, you know, we went a certain way and I know she, uh, I haven't worked with her in a minute because I moved. Um, and, and I'm sure whoever she's working with now is still killing it because she still looks good, but she's also not the kind who's going to be somewhere with, something that's less than great. You know what I mean? Like like if, and she knows she, they all, all, everybody that I work with understands the caliber of workout that they're looking for. And that doesn't just mean fire and brimstone, you know, crush it, heavy weights, max out, vomit. That's not the end goal. They know the quality, the sequencing, how it pieces together, how it flows, how they should feel beginning, middle and end. And they'll, they're not afraid to, to speak up if it's not, if it's not, presenting itself that way or if they start to see it's fallen off they'll say hey we need to take it up a notch and i appreciate stuff like that i love that can you tell us a little bit about your time with the lakers or in general with the pro athletes how is that different than a celebrity or us normal people their training versus like a courtney or i'm not sorry not courtney chloe uh it's not different in terms of, you know, it's a head, a torso, five pentadactyl limbs, works in three planes of motion, this many muscles, this many bones, like you go, we're working with the same thing. There's a, I would call it an athlete learning curve from when you show the movement to when there's perfect execution, assuming it's never been seen or done before. And then there's, how do you fit it in the schedule again? You look at pro athletes. I was the, I used to call it the mistress trainer. Uh, I was the trainer off season for a lot of years for a number of guys before the job with the Lakers uh, for over 20 years. I did that. I'd see guys in the off season and I have anywhere from five to 22 guys, any given off season from all different teams. And I try to connect with their respective strength coaches, their head coaches, their GMs, their position coaches, their athletic trainers, their owners, um, whatever it took to make sure that it was a smooth and easy transition to me and that there was 
um, confidence and trust from the organization that whoever they were with was on the right path and not somebody who was trying to go rogue and, and, you know, God forbid, injure a guy. You know, ben Bruno, who's a trainer in L.A., great guy, good friend of mine, he makes a great point that when you have a lot of those athletes, your, your main goal is really just not to let someone get injured on your watch. So it doesn't mean you become complacent and you phone it in, but it means, you know, when you can push to nine versus 10, maybe nine is, is the smarter play. Um, so I was that trainer for that many years and then uh, got offered the Laker job worked out career-wise, um, timing-wise. We won a ring. Great guys on the team. Uh, great GM, Rob Palinka. Uh, head coach was Luke Walton, uh, who, who I love. Love loved then, love now. Uh, Frank Vogel came in. Uh, tough spot, and he made – he just really crushed it and made it work. Having those guys there, you got to look at their scheduling, right? From They come in. They usually go in for treatment. They have something on court with their position coach. Then they have to hit the weight room. Then they have practice. Then, you know, they may have film, then practice. Then they have travel. So there's so many things pulling at them, not to mention whatever they have off court in their personal lives or uh, other contractual commitments. So when they fit it in and does it add to their life or does it, you know, you can't afford to just bury them and have them smoke for the rest of the day where they can't get anything done, whether it's, yeah. you know, in the, in the facility or out. So, those are all things that trainers and strength coaches have to bear in mind when you're creating programming for athletes, especially in season off season. There's a little more leeway because there are less, less demands, you know, at least team wise, but when you're on the road and you're getting off of airplanes at two, three, four in the morning and you're sorting out luggage. And then next day there's a shoot around at 10 AM. And even if it's voluntary, the young guys who are, you know, just trying to get minutes, they show up and, and, you got to make sure they're getting the rest. The last thing you want to do again, the last thing you want to do is injure somebody. So, yeah. And with all the traveling, do, do they have someone that comes and make sure that they're eating well and all of that also, or is it just, you figure it out on the go? No, there are meals. All the meals are laid out. I mean, there are times for the meals and, and there are windows set up such that, you know, you, nobody's going hungry. Um, but you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not to your liking, maybe whatever. And then they, they source it on their own. Yeah. I they're mean, young there, too. They probably want the fun food. <laughs> well, there's definitely food available and there, there are definitely healthy enough options that, that, you know, you see those guys are in terrific shape, like general conditioning league wide. I think you have to give major credit to the strength coaches, the athletic trainers, um, and to the people who set up all the food and, and the snacks and the food on the planes. And there's a lot, there's a lot of legwork that goes in behind the scenes for that to be as seamless as it is with that many teams on the move all the time. Yeah. And are any, are these people getting days off as far as physical exercise or no? Um, you know, that's probably a case by case thing. Yes. There are off days built in. Um, someone said to me when I first got there, there was a Sunday in the preseason and they said, see you tomorrow. And I was like, wait, it's Sunday. And I told my wife, I said, I got to go down. And she goes, it's Sunday. And, and yeah. just, that was like, so one day I didn't work as a trainer. And I said to the guy, I said, Oh, I thought it was an off day. And he said to me, um, in the NBA, there are three days. There are travel days, game days and off days. And there are no off days. And I said, yeah. got it. 
Uh, I mean, but with that said, there are off days. They're just in season. They're just not that often. And sometimes they are like you get home at, at four in the morning and you may be off the next day, but then you're in the facility the day after that. So it's not like there's pretty quick turnaround. I mean, yeah. they push, they, they push to put on. My father once said to me, really, it's just a big league of entertainment. And I said, it is, but think that all the performers have to be in peak condition. Yeah. And at, all at times. any time. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and that spans 82 games, not including preseason postseason. And if any of them play in, you know, the world championships or it's an mm-hmm. Olympic year, there's a lot of things. I mean, it's a lot of mileage on these and guys. A lot, so, yeah. A lot of pressure. Yeah. And, and different time zones and sleeping in different beds yeah. and eating different food and meeting different people. And um, you got to give hats off to the guys in the end, in any, in any pro sport, but those guys, the travel is pretty rigorous yeah. and it's not like baseball. They have a, they have a nasty schedule too, but baseball, they may stay in a city for a two or three or four game stint. Mm-hmm. NBA, it's not. It's hit it and quit it unless you're in L.A. and you happen to play like the Clippers and the Lakers back to back. But they are in a city, out of a city, and, yeah. and that's just how it works. Yeah, that's rough. Do you work out every single day? Every day. I do. Are I mean, you, I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a big believer, or, or for me, I can only speak for myself, a day off finds me. I don't usually plan them. Yeah, um, like you get it, sick. just <laughs> Rarely, uh, knock on wood. But yeah. but what I find is that if I keep planning workouts, there's going to be a day where I have a 6 a.m. flight and to go to the gym at 3.30 or 4 would mean getting up at 2.15. Now we're getting into like the silly realm, right? Like I'm all yeah. for getting up at 3.30, 3.45, 4. That's easy money. But before that, you start to go, what am I doing? What are my priorities? Why don't I train? with enough volume and enough um, accumulated fatigue leading up to that, that that becomes my natural day off. And then I'll take the day off. And and the thing is I'm a big, for me, I embrace that day off well before it comes, not during it. Because if I wake up thinking, oh, I'm going to work out, all right, I'll do it after this, or I'll do it after that, then I'm just adding stress to myself. And that's kind of defeating the purpose of the recovery day. So when I see in my schedule, there's no way I'm going to arrive home from this trip at 10 p.m., be at home by 11, be in bed by 12, get up at 3.30. That's just not right. That next day becomes the day off. And yeah. you just say, that's my day off and, and, you know, happy for it. And it's once in a blue moon, not all the time. You know, I mean, it, it, it works out to be somewhere between every 10 and 12 days. Mm. That's just the way it works out, at least for me from a schedule-wise. Other people, yeah. maybe it's every week, you know, whatever. But also not every workout, again, not every workout is personal records and, and, and running through walls. Some days, my daughter called me today. She goes, how was your workout today? And I go, shitty. She goes, dad. And I said, I just had a couple of things on my mind and I ended up getting distracted on the phone. I didn't get the volume done I wanted. I didn't get the intensity. I, so I know today's workout was nothing to write home about. But again, I got something to, something done. I moved the blood and, and I'll, I'll take the credit for that. I'll, I'll give myself credit for what I did, not beat myself up for what I didn't do. Totally. Something's better than nothing. So we hear people like Mark Walbert and The Rock where they wake up 4 a.m. workouts. Do you think that there's something to the early morning workout? Is there a certain time of the day that you think is best? I think that is different for every person. For me, the morning is a natural thing. I've always been a morning person. I don't have a problem getting up early. I don't dread it. I don't wake up cursing. I don't wake up begrudging the world. 
Um, but I started the morning workout thing because the less people awake, just mathematically, yep. the less people to potentially interrupt you in, in yeah. any way, sh- shape or form. Right. So uh, today that didn't work, but OK. Uh, <laughs> but as a rule, th- that's just just simple math. Right. Less people awake. That means your phone's ringing less, your texts mm-hmm. are ringing less. And there are people who say you don't have to answer. It. You could put the phone aside. I have five kids, so yeah. I keep my phone with me at all times and any time it dings, I look at it because I worry. I'm just that dad. So, you know, I agree. And I think that like, for me being a mom, I've learned that if I just get up early, get my workout done, I'm showered, I'm ready to go. Then when my kids need me, I'm ready. Like I am a hundred percent theirs to get them off to school. And then I'm a hundred percent there for my business. I think it's like a necessity for most of us that are super busy for sure. For me, it also sets the table to make better choices during the, this is a, this cuts both ways in my favor. It sets the table for me to make better choices, uh, food wise, recovery wise during the day. Right. I think I'm already ahead. I'm already doing something good. Let me see if I can parlay that into even more good. But if it derails, if you end up and you have something you shouldn't have at lunch, whether it's a food or a drink or whatever, I know the day is not a complete loss because I already have the workout in the books. That's how I look at it. So if someone says, Hey, it's my birthday at lunch and they bring a cake and I have a piece of cake, you know, I'm not going to hell for that because I've already done something. I'm already at the very least I break even. Yeah, totally. Is there a proper ratio for cardio and weights? This is always the debate. Um, you'll get that. That'll be answered differently from different people. There are a lot of people who are, who naturally stay lean or who who don't care about like GPP, like general fitness, general cardiovascular. They're not looking to do anything. So they don't feel the need to train that. And they'll say the, the rate at which they lift weights gives them the cardiovascular component. So, so heart strength, you know, heart health, they, they feel that's done. Other people feel like without doing their steady state cardio, they're not going to burn body fat and whatever. Although studies show that you can burn body fat at a higher rate, think more savings accounts and checking account when you're lifting big weights, compound movements. So I would say the ratio is the one that works for you. If you mm-hmm. have trouble with it, if you have an hour, um, I mean, I would say 25, 25, and then 10 minutes stretch. If you feel the need to stretch, if you don't feel the need to stretch, then skip it. Um from a performance standpoint, the studies are inconclusive. From a feeling standpoint, if it feels good, do it. Um, try doing cardio first for a week, maybe even 10 days. Take a day or two off and then flip it and then do the weights first and see which way you feel better. I, I do cardio first because I like how I feel. I do cardio, then I stretch, then I lift. The thought of lifting um, anything of, of any uh, note pre-cardio, pre-stretch, I, I just, I have this little bell that goes off in my head that says, dude, you are going to injure yourself. Yeah. So, so I just need that movement, but that's, you know, I'm older. That's Tin Man stuff. I need that oil in, in my body. I need to move around. No, I'm the same way. I like to do cardio first and then weights. I also feel like it wakes me up. So I'm like, well, let's just go. Like, we're going to wake up and then we can do all the other things. And I have to stretch. I'm an ex-gymnast, so I feel like my body, if I don't stretch for like three days in a row, my body's like screaming at me. So I just force myself. And I just had a girl in here who's a formal martial arts, taekwondo, 
master or master, I don't know what you call them, a female master. Mm-hmm. And she rarely, I stretch all my clients, mostly posterior chain stuff at the end of the workout. Um, and she never stretches. And she said, she said she never even did it when she was doing martial arts. She just, I get, she, she just said to me 10 minutes ago, I get bored. She goes, yeah. if you didn't do this for me, I wouldn't do it. And I thought, wow, coming from your background, that's kind of surprising. I would think yeah. that you would be all over it. Um, I like it. I like how it feels. And I have a whole little system that I go through and it hits every little part of the body. That's awesome. And, and when I do it, I, I just think, you know, and, and maybe this is in my head. Maybe this is just a fat kid talking. Uh, I feel leaner. I feel more mobile. I feel less mm-hmm. likely to be injured. And and so I step out with the real or false sense of confidence, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but I feel great every single day. I love that. So hypothetically, if I want to look like a Victoria's Secret supermodel circa 2005, what should I be doing? Oh, it depends on where you're coming from. Like, are, are you are you too thin and you need to put some size on? Are you, um, are you a little big? Have you, have you, have you fallen off a little and you're trying to dial it in? I mean, Mm. I I worked with a number of those women and, and the programs were different. Usually it was to maintain enough muscle to see the separation, you know, between the muscle groups, which really means reduction of subcutaneous body fat. How do they stay lean? How do we burn that body fat? Um, your protein intake is huge. Your sleep, your rest and recovery is, is huge. I'd look at all those things before I address your, your training, because if you think you're going to skip out on sleep and diet and just, you know, make up for it in the gym, you're going to have a super brute awakening. Um, so get your sleep on point, get your nutrition on point. I probably wouldn't train in a fasted state. I'd make sure I had some calories in the body mm. so you can push yourself, you know, a little harder, a little longer. And then I would find what works for you. And I would not neglect the big lifts. I would, I would make sure you're squatting. I would make sure you're deadlifting. I would make sure you're doing things against resistance. Pilates is resistance, right? There's an external load on the body. Um, body weight stuff is great. But I think when you're looking to take the next step, there's no reason not to add external load. It can be air. It can be water. It can be rubber bands. It can be free weights. It can be machines. Or just a study that uh, was put out. I just saw it two days ago, and they said no difference in adding lean tissue if you are lifting free weights or on machines. And I'm sure a lot of people that blew their minds, but studies out. And until that one's refuted, I think we have to abide by that and and, mm-hmm. and recognize that there are gains. There are gains to be had in so many different ways that for you to marry yourself to one and become like a little zealot about that. I think, I think you sound foolish in in this day and age where there's, yes, there's misinformation out there, but there's so much information. You sound crazy when you espouse one thing and one thing only, I think. Yeah. It sounds like variety is key. Like we, I think also we get bored. Do you feel like you have to keep mixing it up or do you just do the same things at week after week? If I'm answering the question, literally, do I feel like it? Yes, I need to mix it up. I get, I don't do well with the same thing all the time with trying to make tiny incremental um, adjustments. I, I just don't. I mix it up. Am I doing the same, you know, for the ch- am I doing the same fly motion or pressing motion with just a different piece of equipment? Sure, maybe. But if my mind is more engaged, then my, then my body is more receptive to it, right? If I'm not bored and I'm not checking out and just 
phoning in a bunch of junk reps, it, it stands to reason that my body is going to get more out of what I'm doing. So I need to mix it up. I like that. Some people don't. Some people like the routine. Some people can can get on a spinning bike all day, every day, same thing, yes. same teacher, same playlist, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. crush that. Some people can run their three, you know, two, three, four, five miles every day, same route, you know, or treadmill and, and check the box. They worked out. That's just not me. So yeah. I say for them, I'm super happy for you. That's awesome. That's not me. I know I used to go through little obsessions, like obsessed with running. And then I would like run a race. And then I would be like obsessed with yoga and I would only go to yoga. And this was, you know, years ago. And then I was obsessed with Tybo. Remember Tybo back in the day, Billy Blanks? Totally, totally. <laughs> That's like my claim to fame that Billy punched me in the face. That's like the only thing. No, but I, wow. I would go through these. I mean, it was not hard, but um, he was demonstrating something and like got me in the face. But I would go through these like phases where I was like obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with bar. And then it was Legree. Do you know what Legree is? The sure do. Yeah, yeah, we have one here at the house. We actually built a gym when we built this house, which was the best thing I've ever done. But I'm like you, I love to do Legree, but then I have to get off the machine sometimes and do it on the floor or, do, you know, whatever. Like I have to mix it up or I just don't want to go. I don't want to work out if I do the same thing every day. Do you feel like, um, or you would know this between males and females, do you have different types of workouts or do you feel like it's very similar? You're just changing the weights, the amount of weight. It's not male and female. It's person to person. Like some of the females may do something that some of the men do. Some of the men may do something that some of the females do. Um, some of the females have different end goals than the other females. So I try, literally try to, t I write every workout for every person the night before and I base it on what they've done, what I know their end goals are and what I know they're probably going to do, you know, when they're not with me. And I try to make sure I'm addressing all those things because I want them to leave their workout feeling as uh, accomplished as a wrong word, but as completed as I feel, you know, that thing you complete me. Uh, yeah. I want them to, I, the workout completes me and I want them to leave here feeling that way. Yeah. So I know I, I had a lady this morning. Um, it's her triceps. And I will tell you, her triceps are not bad at all. And she, overall, she looks unbelievable. I know in her mind, that's a thing. So for me not to address that and have that be an ego play on my part, that's bad trainer. Mm. Uh, I know a guy, I know a guy, a friend of mine went to watch a football team train, a pro football team train. And he was a strength coach in the NBA and he went to an NFL workout because he was friends with the uh, strength coach and he followed the workout and he watched it and he understood it and and it all made sense it was predominantly pushing movements and that made sense because i think he was watching the the linemen uh, offensive linemen play so okay that that all checked out and then at the end of it the guy had them do he had them run the rack with dumbbell curls so they started a certain number and go to burnout all the way down the rack right and at the end he said to the guy thanks for letting me be here this was great um such a terrific program, but, but I didn't understand why you, the dumbbell curls at the end, that just didn't, that just didn't make, it didn't check out. And he said, because I know they like them and I know they're going to do them anyway. So I might as well have them do them on my watch. And when this guy told me the story, I thought super smart of the, of the strength coach, right? Cause the last thing you need is for a guy to finish feel like he, he missed something and go off on his own and God forbid, get injured yeah, for whatever reason. So 
So I will throw in the things that I know are just, you know, dopamine hits. I know that they're going to feel better. Even if it was a predominantly pull day for this woman, I am going to add one or two little things that where she feels it in the area that she wants to feel it. You pointed out something um, I didn't even think about. Like you said, someone coming in and saying, you know, I don't like my triceps and you're like, your triceps look great or they're super strong. Do you ever get someone that comes in with these sorts of things? And then you're like, okay, they haven't mentioned the the thing I think they really need to work on. Like maybe it's their core or their back muscles or their shoulders. And so do you have to have this almost like delicate conversation of like, no, okay. (laughs) No, why? No, that's why I said I do what, what, I think they need what I think is going to serve the overall end goal. And then a little bit of what they think they need. And sometimes we're aligned, but sometimes we're not. So you just have to make sure you, you check all those boxes. You just have to make sure that everybody feels rounded. Yeah. Everybody feels like they were heard is what it comes down to. It's a relationship, right? If you're not communicating and if not, everybody doesn't feel heard, then at the end of the day, that's going to, that's not going to net out. Yeah. And then most of my listeners are female. So do you feel like it could be different for us depending on where we, where we are age wise or in our cycle or are for postpartum or going through menopause? Do you see changes in your female clients depending on that? The answer is a big all caps. Yes. Uh, and, and, and you're looking at you know, those are all, everything you just described is hormonal. Mm-hmm. Those are the building blocks of your body. So the people that say, you know, I'm not different during my cycle. I'm not different postpartum. I'm not different going through menopause. You're like, yeah, you are. I mean, yeah. you are, you are, your, your foundation is being rocked to one degree or another. It doesn't mean you're different in a bad way. You're mm-hmm. just different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And And men go through different um call it a cycle as well and it's a time when you know when when you you feel like you your hands feel swollen or you you can't get your hair just right or your skin looks blotchy or so that's just all part of the natural cycle of the body and men are not immune to it but for women it, it it shows itself very differently and you have to take that into account there are times when you're just gassed you're just tired and you go i don't I don't know what happened to me. I got my sleep last night. I didn't have any alcohol. And then you go over and you, and you back it up and you go, Oh, I start, I got, okay. And that's the end of the conversation. And so, you know, we know where to pull back and when to push through, but a hundred percent that you have to, as a trainer, you have to take that into account when you're working with women. And it doesn't mean you count out to it all. Where are you today? You don't need to do any of that stuff. you can read the room. I mean, you totally. can feel it. Yeah. I just had a woman uh, today who came back from a 10 day trip. She got back late last night and I had written her and said, do you want to come in Wednesday? And it was earlier than her normal time. I know she doesn't love early time. My thought was she'll get back from overseas and she'll pop up at six o'clock, even though she's not a 6am riser and she'll think I'm awake. What am I going to do? And if she has to wait till a till an 11, 12, 1 workout, she might hit that lull again. Mm. So I threw her something early and she took it. She came in. She goes, I feel so good. I'm so glad I came in today. And I said, and by three o'clock, you're going to hit a wall. She goes, I already feel it. And so knowing that you have to think about schedule wise, how can I make this work for her? How can I make this 
fit in her life versus being something that's weighing on her that is going to be pushed back another day. Yeah. I think that's what has probably made you so successful throughout the years is that you're able to read people and maneuver with their life and what they need and the psychology behind it. Like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's not just, okay, come in. I made a routine. You know, it's like anyone could do that to some degree. No, it's, it's, in my opinion, it should be way more full service. And that includes towels, water, an electrolyte drink, a pre-workout something if they need it or want it uh we have a product called split here we use Mm -hmm. um you know if they want something with with caffeine usually i leave that to them we have stuff stashed if they really need it um and you have all that stuff provided and then you stretch them at the end they're coming to you for an overall experience right you tell trainers it's not they're not just coming for the workout i mean they are but if the whole think about when you go to a restaurant right it's not just it's not just the meal how was the server? Was the check, did the check come in a timely manner? Was the parking easy? How were you greeted? All those things, you know, uh, color the overall experience. And if you're, and if it's not handled, you know, top to bottom, you'll know, you'll pick up on that. And when you find it handled better somewhere else, you probably won't return to the initial place. That's my experience. I agree. I'm so big on those little things. I will literally pick a place to eat because of the ambiance or whatever, how, you know, how it makes you feel or whatever. Yeah, I agree. It's this big. Yep. Uh, and it, because I came from uh, such a long tenure in LA, I will base it on parking. Yeah. So if true. I pull up to a place and I have to circle, I just go. Oh, Never mind. Yeah, I can't deal yeah, with it. Really it's will. like when people complain about traffic here. I'm like, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> Try living in the Bay Area or LA. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you think people come to trainers like you more for, like form and being corrected, or is it more accountability, like having someone to keep them accountable and push them and that. I don't think it's a, I mean, I don't know. It's probably case by case. Also, that's the, that's the sidewinder answer. I think it's they. I think they're so driven. The people I work with are so, you used to get that. How do you motivate? You don't, you don't motivate. There's nothing I can tell someone who has the resume that they already have, the salary that they already have. If they've decided they're not working out, there's nothing I can call no cute little turn of phrase that I call, Hey, you think about this today. Remember your legacy. Shut up, Gunner, and they're gonna. I'll see you tomorrow. It's, it's gonna be so that, true. or or I'll never see you again. It's one of the two. Um, <laughs> but the, but they're motivated from the inside. I think they come to you because they trust that there's a certain level of quality in the overall workout they're going to get, and then that the overall experience is fulfilling. That's what I. That's what I want to believe. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Is there? like a main mistake or some mistakes that people make in fitness or nutrition that just kills you that you want people to understand? Yeah. I think people try to write, I think people try to write the two year wrong in a two week program. That's, Mm. I see that all the time. Like, I'm not saying this. I'm like, you've been treating your body horrifically for two years. And now you've done two weeks working out three days a week and you want, you know, the magic, fixie dust to reverse all the symptoms yeah that's not right the other thing i see is um a lot of people try to do too much too soon or too much at once like i think they'll they'll 
they'll try to work out. They, they never, they don't work out at all. So then they start and they say, I want to do four days a week. And I'm also taking two days a week of tennis and I'm going vegan and uh, I'm only drinking water and I'm quitting smoking. I look at that and go, that's going to fail by Wednesday. Like that's just, yeah. that's, that's a tall order. And I would don't start they say writing- to do one thing at a time and make it part of your routine. Like, okay. That, you that's brush what your- I say. Yeah. Like yeah. you brush your teeth, you take a shower. Okay. And now also make your bed. And then after yeah. you've done that for two weeks, then, okay, add in the drinking the water or whatever. And right. if you have right. to add it in, yeah, like you said, you can't do it all at once. You'll fail. But, I, but there are a lot of people, you know, that's the whole, the, it's the resolution mindset. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get healthier. Like that's just a, that's just a big undertaking. If you've been yeah. really, really um, negligent for X amount of time for you just to think you're going to flip that on its ear. And it's a lot of unwinding to me, you're just better off saying, I'm going to do one thing. Yeah. And I would always start people. I would say, try two a week. Don't, don't try three a week because from a schedule standpoint, three a week is going to probably frustrate you. You may find a way to build it in. There's a high chance, at least from experience that you'll miss one of those workouts. And when you miss one, you're going to have the two that you logged plus the stress, guilt, uh, shame, or whatever whatever emotion you experienced for the one you missed versus giving yourself credit for the two you did. Do two. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you want some more, maybe go for a walk or add another activity in, you know, play pickleball, do whatever it is. Yeah. And then after a couple of weeks that you've got that two logged and you know you can make that work, then add the third and, and go like that. And now let's look at the diet. Let's look at water. Let's look at, you know, recovery. You know, let's just try with sleep before you buy every device out there. Let's look at sleep. But where's the sleep? I don't need you to add two massages if you're still getting five hours of sleep a night. I agree. I think sleep is so important. If I don't get my at least seven hours, I'm a mess. Like my body does not function. I want to eat all the crap. Like there's no. So I, I, I agree with that. Um, I have to ask you about Ozempic. This is like hot topic right now. There has been versions of this drug for years. Do you see this with clients, athletes, random people? And how does it affect the general weight loss, fitness, health? Are you pro? Are you against? Yeah, you know, that's where you turn to a guy in a lab, right? You got to ask your doctor and then you have to look at there are very real side effects. There are real case studies that show you what goes on, what the body is actually doing. Um, and then you go, do I really need this or am I super desperate and completely out of discipline to do it the slower way? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think that's a decision you make with your doctor. I don't, I don't judge it. Look, it's like yeah. plastic surgery, right? If I woke up every day and, 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 it's funny. I, I say something, if you get a pimple, right, you obsess over it. I have a pimple. I have a pimple. Oh my God, I have a pimple. Everybody's looking at it. What if it were 10 times bigger and it were your nose and you thought about it every single day? Who am I to say that that person shouldn't get rhinoplasty? If you need that to feel better about yourself, that's not for me to step in the way totally. and say, how disgusting you got that. So I would say the same for any of those other measures to change your body to to set you on the path i would just say make sure you do it eyes wide open because there are side effects some of them irreversible some of them 
yeah. uh, dangerous. And especially if you have a family, I mean, I look at that and say, that's a discussion for you, your doctor and your family. Yeah. You may say, that's none Good of my point. family's business. And I would say, all right, do what you want. I, I tell people something, you're going to have elective surgery um, that's going to require a follow-up surgery and voluntarily go under anesthesia and do all this. You have little kids. Like, yeah. what if, God forbid, something happens? Yeah. I'm just, Absolutely. I look at it like that. What's the, forget what the message is for the kids. That's something, but what are the risks overall, the collateral, potential collateral damage for yeah. the bigger picture of your life? You do what you want to do. I, I don't judge that. You do what you want to do. But just know that it's, it's, it's probably not the only way. It may, you may feel like you're at your wits end and you're up against the wall, but there are probably other ways, um, definitely slower, but yeah, I don't know. Everyone always wants the, the quick fix. You know, I mean, we all do on some level, it'd be nice if there was a quick fix and we've all learned there isn't it's work out, eat healthy, sleep, and take care of your mental health, fresh air, you know, sunlight. Uh, okay. Well, I did want to ask you earlier. I forgot. Do you have a favorite celebrity you've worked with throughout all the years? Yeah, it's like saying which one of my kids do I like best. I know. Uh, no, or, I, or like, I got, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, look, I got super lucky. I was in the right place at the right time, and I had a ton of really exceptional people come through my gym, and, and I learned as much from them as they learn. Like just in their in their um, in their drive, in the way they they push to achieve, the way they push to break barriers, and 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 expand what like icon means or in their world, whether it's, it's acting or music or writing. I just, I got to see so many great people. I'll say like, I love Chris Jenner to death. Um, love Chloe, love Kendall. I mean, all Sylvester Stallone, probably the most entertaining person of all time. Kate Beckinsale, ridiculous work ethic. Loved it. Charlize, terrific work ethic. Um, I didn't have any bad people. I just, I don't think I invite that. I think if you come into my gym and you, and you, you see it and you feel it out, I don't think you ever, you, if you're that person and this is not the way you want to go, you wouldn't choose me, right? Like yeah. I worked with Bruce Willis for a million years. One of the best dudes of all time. Like just, just as a person, forget the work ethic, forget the celebrity. Just, I had great people across the board and still do to this day. Wow, I love that. I know people always, I mean, there's like a hate for the Kardashians. I've always loved them and they seem genuine. Like I know that they're doing a reality show and it's not always real and you know, whatever, but they just, seem, they seem cool. <laughs> you would know better wait, than me. <laughs> wait, reality shows are real. I didn't know that. Wow. Really? That's uh, weird. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I have nothing but yeah. love. I got, I got nothing but good times and, and fun experiences and hilarious text exchanges and hard work in the gym. I mean, what more can I ask for? What, well, hang on. What more can I ask for? But really, what more am I entitled to? Really? I deserve more than that. Shut up. Trainer. No, I know. You're killing you, it. You, yeah. You got very lucky having great people in the gym. So, I mean, speaking of your amazing career, what made you guys make the move to Nashville? Um, Lots of things. The lease on my gym was up. My, uh, oldest daughter was going off to college. We got an offer on our house. Uh, just LA has changed and it was just yeah. time to make a move. Yeah, I get that. I mean, we did the same thing. So I totally get that. My parents, my parents live, 
my mom just passed away, but my parent, my dad, so they live about two. Man, that happens to all of us. That's that's the part that sucks. Um, my dad lives about two and a half hours away from here, so I, I get to shoot over there from time to time, which makes that's it so nice. Yeah, it makes all this is is the right. This is the right move, one hundred percent. And yeah. we've met unbelievable people here. The nicest people, right? Yeah, locals as well as transplants. Same. Um, the move has been an absolute 10. My wife, uh, you know, it was swimming upstream for her in the beginning, but but she's adjusted and she's found it. And, you know, she built out our house where we got a great place to live, a great place to work, and, and it's all come together. So knock on wood, it. it's been the right move. Your, your wife is stunning, by the way. Do you guys work out together or does she like to do her own thing? She doesn't want to be with you i shouldn't <laughs> i shouldn't speak to her workouts she'll be so pissed if she hears this my wife doesn't really work out uh when she was in la she oh, did pilates and tennis okay. but since she's been here she has been working non-stop on getting us installed and yeah it's like amazing. i'll come home and she's drenched in sweat and i'll go you just work out she'll say you have no idea what i did today and she'll yeah. go down the list and i go wow that's more than i did but yeah. Uh, no, she, she is her own, um, workout person and, and handles it her own way. She does not work out with me. I it's not that. her jam. <laughs> yeah. That was like us a year and a half ago is when our house finished and we, we built the house for a year and yeah, I would do everything. And my husband knew nothing. I mean, at the end we did the final walkthrough and he's like, Oh, good job, babe. I'm like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> like this is a lot of work. But... When my wife leaves town, there are so many things I don't know how to work, and my my movement area goes and it, yeah. it condenses to a very small part of the house because I know how to work that, but the rest yeah. I leave for the boss. It's so true. I love it. So a few more questions, and I want to do a quick rapid fire before we get off. What about you have five kids? What do you like? How do you instill fitness and health for them without it being pushy? And you know, kids just want to have fun. They don't really necessarily want to go in the gym. What's your philosophy on that? Well, they've all, you know, because of what I do, if I push it on them, you're just going to get pushed back. So they all see what I do. They see that it's a non-negotiable and they've seen that their whole lives. So my, my oldest one does jujitsu. Um, that's his main thing. My middle son, um, does, he does working out and he does like hot works and the occasional F 45 and he runs with a weight vest and he golfs. Uh, my oldest son golfs too. My daughter does a little bit of everything and she lifts weights. She understands the lifting of weights part. Uh, she's at Duke right now and she, she is a regular in the weight room. My little guys play. I got a seven and three year old. They play every sport under the sun and they come to the gym with me on the weekends. It's more so I can give mom a little bit of, uh, a little bit of her time and they'll do, I make it in the gym. It's, I make it games, right? It's, it's yeah. running up the driveway with little cones in and out. It's carrying something from one place to another. Uh, it's not really repping out like, shoulder presses or curls we're not at that stage yet but i'll let them play on the machines because i don't want it ever to be um intimidating to them i don't yeah. want them to ever walk in a gym and and not know or feel insecure or feel um like they're left out so i just make it a comfortable spot but i never push them anytime they tell me anything they do physically the older ones i go great that's awesome hope you crush that let me know if i can do anything and 
on occasion, I'll get a question, but usually they're, they're on it themselves. They're on it. That's so cute. Yeah. I feel like when we built the gym in this house, we have three boys and we started to get them just randomly go in there with us and they started doing pull-ups and asking questions. And, you know, I mean, they're seven, almost nine and 13 now. I mean, the 13 year old can go in there and actually do a little more. Um, but I think you're right. It's just getting them exposed. And if they're interested, great. If not, you know, they don't have to. Um, okay. So what's next for you? I mean, what is, what's now? Um, more of the same. I'm going to expand this gym. I'm, I'm, um, I'm patiently playing the game of, of city permits. I want to, I want to. So where's your gym right now? I'm in cool Springs. You are. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, um, as that goes, I'm all by the book as that goes, um, I'll expand this a little bit. We have a couple TV projects we're floating around out there that would be, that would be fun to see them come to life Mm -hmm. in any form, just because I think they'd add value to the landscape. I don't think, um, I don't think they're shows for everybody, but I think they're definitely shows with tangible takeaways. And I, and I would love to add to that. Like a reality uh, show or what type of show? No, no, no. More of a, what's out there in fitness show. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what we can get done. And other than that, making sure that I keep raising these kids, right. And my wife stays happy. Let's, let's look, let's look at real goals. (laughs) Yeah. That's what really matters. Of course. Okay. So we're going to do a quick rapid fire to end. So it's going to be current favorites. So I'm going to say current favorites and fill in the blank. So current favorite workout. Um, it's my outdoor stuff. I have this new line of stuff from Jim 80 and I can't, I, I know winter's coming, but as every morning I can be out there, I'm out there, whether it's in the dark, it doesn't red at dawn. I'm just oh, as wow. much stuff as I can do outside. So what are you doing? Out, what is it outside? It's the same movements. It's, I have free weights. I have a squat rack from uh, surplus strength. I have a line from Jim 80. That's all plate loaded equipment and oh, so I have dumbbells, and, but you take it outside. No, no, it all lives outside. I, we oh, farmers carries okay. with kettlebells and sleds, and it's just nice to be out there. So anytime I can take the workout outside, I take it outside. That's my current flavor of the month. I love it. Favorite current food? I'm a big, big salmon person, but I will say since I've been down here, I have eaten more chicken salad than I can't even tell you. I, I have. We do a weekend thing down at Fox and Lock and Leaper's Fork, and I think their chicken salad, like, my wife makes a couple of great dishes. So, like, as a last meal, if I were on death row, but the chicken salad might be, like, two nights before the last, the, the, the death row part. It's so good down there. I love it. Okay, I'll have to try it. Uh, current favorite TV show? Come on, I don't watch any TV. No? Oh, I, okay. I, mean, I, I will tell you this, last night, I, I watched uh, Rocky with my seven-year-old. Oh, and okay. you forget it. If you haven't seen the original Rocky, you forget that it's a love story. It's like, yeah. there's a whole, there's a whole, so he's like, when is it going to be faster, dad? Yeah. I'm like, hang on. So we're at the part, we're at egg whites and running. So we're at raw eggs and running. So, so, uh, so we'll get funny. There. We'll get Yeah, there. my yeah, seven-year-old yeah. has been super into the Karate Kid series. And then like the new Yeah, we, we've done that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like running around the house kicking. I'm like, okay. Um, current favorite book. So I read Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I thought, why didn't I read this book 
20 years ago. Um, I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but I'm going to yeah. say it's the one that, that's that's in my head the most right now. What's it about? Uh, it's about doing the tiny little things that that make everything else line up and better. So for someone who's super OCD, like this, this speaks to me. Oh my God. Okay. I'm OCD. So I need to read this book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Current favorite podcast. Oh my God. This one. You're so nice. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Current favorite thing to do outside of your career and your family. Do you have something that you're loving right now? Uh, We walk the perimeter of our house with the dogs and these dogs almost died on our drive out here uh, 13 months ago. And twice, like I read them their last rites in the hotel rooms as we stopped with my older kids. And I said, look, they're not making it through the night. There's just something about, I don't know if it's the stress of being in a car or the heat. We have a Mastiff and a Bulldog. And I just said, they're not making it, guys. We have to come to terms with that. We're going to bury these guys in Albuquerque or Oklahoma or wherever we were. And somehow they made it. And since we've been here, they are thriving. And they're outside and they're eating. So I literally every day is like, wow. we're on borrowed time. Let's walk the dogs. So yeah. going out and, and doing the perimeter with them is, it's, uh, I love doing that. Wow. Maybe it's something with Tennessee. That's amazing. Okay. Last one. Current favorite uh, social media account. Do you have something you're following, you're loving? I follow a bunch of really, really good ones. I will tell you a couple that give me a laugh. There's a guy named Adam Sullivan, evidence-based training out of Australia. And it's such solid nutritional advice, but the way he does it, and he's not, I will say this, I have a t-shirt that says I'm not for everyone. Um, And isn't that a song by Brothers Osborne, I think? But uh, it is, (laughs) segue. Uh, but he definitely is not for everyone, but he is so damn good and he's so funny and his message is so direct and he's, he's insulting, but in a loving way. And he's, he just strips it all down and makes it basic and, and it's great. It's a, it's a fun account. So there was another one you told me about a doctor that talks a lot about protein. What was her name? No, no, there are two doctor that talks about protein. Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. She's brilliant. Um, she also has a podcast. And there's another one, Lane Norton, BioLane, just all three of those people in, in that nutrition, food, prep, reality, mm-hmm. like what's real, what's not space. They're all just, uh, I, all three of those I love. I love it. I need to follow. I My biggest issue is protein, like most women. I just, I don't know why. I just don't want to do it as much as I need to. It's so bad. Yep, it's, the, yeah, it's definitely, if you, if you watch... If you read, if you follow any of those three accounts within a few days, you'll be like, I got to change this. Yeah. And I already know I need to, it's, I'm, I'm a picky eater and some of it grosses me out. I don't know. I'm all over the place. So I need to, I need to reel it in though. It's yeah. Follow those three accounts hard for five days and you'll go, Oh, I know how to do this. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm super excited. Right. Okay. Will Dr. you Gabriel, Dr. Dr. Gabriel Lyon. Okay. Bio Lane, which is Lane Norton, and evidence-based training, which is Adam Salt. I love it. I'm going to take notes after this for sure. Will you tell people where they can find you, your website, your Instagram handle? Instagram handle is Gunner Fitness, and the website is GunnerPeterson.com. I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This has been so much fun, so much information, and so great to have you close by here in Nashville. 
Can you anyone come see you or are you just fully booked? <laughs> uh, no, we're booked. We're pretty busy, but you make time for the people who want to do the work, right? You yeah. find ways to, to get them in and build the schedule out and, and you can make it work. Okay. I might need to come with my husband and just experience your world. Come on. Come on. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate your making time and having me on. Oh, I appreciate your time. You've been, by the way, I have to say this before we get off. You are so professional and kind. You responded to me right away. You're going to the Middle East in two days and you fit this in, in your schedule. I just have to say it was such a, um, you know, just amazing experience. Cause that's not always it's what you're supposed to, it's what you're supposed to do. And it's just, it's easy to do things the right way when you know there's a right way to do them. I agree. A hundred percent. I love it. Thank you.